Hey, how many of you are walking in here five pounds heavier than you did last week? Anyone? Yeah. I know when I went to step on the scale this morning, I heard like the auctioneer in the back of my head, five, now five, now five, now five, now 10, no 20 now. Oh, geez. Yeah. So I know it's been a good week. Um, It was a necessary and needed week for me to be with my family. If you don't know me, um, I'm sorry, uh, but my name is Aaron French. Um, I grew up in this beautiful county. Some of you may not know uh, of a small town called Disco, um, but Disco is, is actually in Wabash County, and I was a part of the Gravel Pit crew that lived just down the road. Um, if you know where Disco is, you'll know that. I married um, Marissa Meyer, who is now Marissa French, um, so I know that some of the Meyers have, have been a part of this church for, for years and in and out, um, but I am just glad to be here. Um, I get to work every single week in this county with an organization called Youth for Christ. Um, So I'm pretty much a missionary to the high schools here in the community, um, helping and encouraging your young people uh, alongside of you. And uh, I can tell you that this church has been a blessing to me over and over again, um, as I've been able to do ministry alongside of you guys in the community. So looking forward to it. Hey, um, I know that we often start a year with a word, right? We often start a year choosing one word where uh, we just kind of decide that this word is what we want to focus on. This word is what we want to come around. Um, as, we, as we look into a year, we set goals, right? We know, uh, but oftentimes we don't reflect back on that word. Last year, in this year, so January of this year, my word was faithfulness. That was one of my words that I wanted to just focus my life on and, and be the trajectory of the year. Little did I know what was coming, uh, but... As I just reflect recently, I feel like my word should have probably been forgetfulness, (laughs) failure, and faithlessness at times. Um, And I know that you probably have a word or a phrase or something that's resonated with you in the past um, year. Um, So I want to give you an opportunity. I know as the church, uh, we often gather, we show up in services like these um, and never really get a chance to express what's happening in our lives and and what we're really feeling. So today, um, I I have an opportunity for you collectively with me. I I need you to pull out your cell phone. I know. uh, Pull out your cell phone. And and I'm going to ask you a question. The question is, if you could choose one, two, or three words to describe your 2020, what would it be? So pull out your phone, and up on the screen, um, you're going to see a, a website at the top in, in really small letters. If you're like me, maybe you just need to squint a little bit. Um, but it says, go to www.menti.com. So pull up your browser. Pull up your browser. I need everyone involved. Pull up your browser. And then if you go, it's menti.com. It's going to pop up a screen, and you're going to see, uh, enter this code. So the code is 3725346. So up here, write a word or two that describes your 2020. So what's going to happen is it's going to pop up three boxes, and you can fill out. These are my words. So when I reflect back at 2020, here's, here's how I've felt. I felt very unsure at times. I felt extreme restlessness at times, and crazy describes all of my life all the time, um, so I just added that one in. So those are some of the the words that describe my 2020. When you hit submit, you're going to soon see your words come up on this screen. And I think the opportunity to collectively see that we may not be alone, even though we're socially distanced in this moment, is extremely important. 
because the church was never meant to be separated. Separation in the church only meant the spread of the gospel, if you look at the New Testament. So today in an age where we're separated constantly, um, I, I wanted to give you an opportunity to recognize that you may not be alone. So whenever you get your words, just hit submit, and I'm just gonna leave these up there um, for you today. If you, if you in, in any time in this service, if you wanna add yours to the list, but some of, us, some of us have definitely been stressed, uncertain, busy, fear, unmotivated, tiring, lost, hard. I know that we have celebrated and we have cried in 2020. And we're going to get back to some of this, but it's important that you understand that you're not alone. You and I are not alone. Anyone travel this Christmas season? Don't raise your hand if you did because it's against the law right now. Um, no, travel is, is still okay. Um, but here's the deal. I know that um, you, like me, I have a three-year-old. I have been a three-year-old once. Everyone in this room has been a three-year-old once. You've probably traveled. There is one infamous question that is asked when you're little and you're traveling. So I remember the day where we're headed um, probably to my grandparents who are here. It's only like two miles away. Me and my brother load into the car <clears throat> and, uh, and my mom and dad are up front. And it's not long when we're in the car sitting down that the question begins to stir inside of my brother and I. The infamous, are we there yet? question? Anyone ever hear that from the back seat of the car? Um, I've been haunted with that now that I have a three-year-old. <coughs> Sorry. Um, but here's the thing. My brother and I, we would brace ourselves before we asked that question because there were three levels of answers to that question. So when we would ask first, are we there yet? It was kind of cringe a little bit. Are we there? Dad would calmly say, no. Level one. 30 seconds later, right? Hey, hey, Dad, are we there yet? Uh, level two. No, don't ask again, right? We couldn't settle, right? There was just, we had, it was in our bones shaking. Are we there yet, Dad? I will turn this car around and spank you if you don't stop asking, are we there yet? Silence, right? We just hit level three. <laughs> and we knew that at level three, there was no more asking the question, are we there yet? Uh, it wasn't two days ago that I went to, to pick up a puppy um, for our family, and my wife is now training some dogs. And, and in the backseat, I have my three-year-old and the seven-month-old, and we didn't get two miles down the road, and this sermon is kind of stirring in my head, and what words do I hear out of my own three-year-old? Are we there yet, Right? But I think that this question doesn't just stop with me. And it doesn't just stop with my three-year-old. I think you and I, we collectively operate in that same mentality often. It's nothing new, right? The question, are we there yet, as we age, doesn't leave our minds, but maybe we just quit asking it in that way. I believe that Every single one of us here still today asked the infamous question, are we there yet? And here's how we ask that question. 
when will life get back to normal? Are we there yet? When will my finances quit going out and start coming in? Are we there yet? I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of doctor visits amongst my family this year, and the question, are we there, are we done yet? Are we there yet? Some of you in this room may have a marriage that's on the rocks, and, and you're just asking, when, when will my spouse see how much I'm being hurt? Are we there yet? When will I stop struggling with the same habitual sin pattern that I've struggled with through the ages? Are we there yet, God? Are we there yet? And I think that question really just unveils two simple things. It, under, it unveils the fact that you and I, we long for an arrival, don't we? We love to arrive. And it unveils another thing. It unveils the fact that we want to control the journey. We all want to arrive at the destination, and we want to control the journey along the way. The arrival comes as we express, when will life get back to normal? When will my finances quit? When will my husband see? When will my wife see? When, when will anyone notice me and my pain? Are we there yet? But the control comes kind of subconsciously and silent. In my financial struggles, I begin to maybe cut some corners at work. I begin to maybe write down a, a little white lie on my timesheet. Maybe I, I distort maybe uh, the view of someone else so that I'm looked at and they're looked down at. Maybe I, I, I decide that in my marriage, I'm the one that's not being fulfilled. So I go out and have another relationship that invites someone else to fulfill something within me that I long for. We seek to control, and, and I think even sometimes laziness can be a part of that control. Instead of doing something, we do nothing. So instead of the important and necessary, we sit on the couch and control the, the TV in front of us. Control and arrival are wired within us in ways that we can't get away from the question, are we there yet? And I have some bad news, and I have some good news for you today. The bad news is that I cannot give you a message that will change that for you. The good news, I can point you to a God who can. Because the question isn't just something that started with you and I. You see, the question started when humanity was created, wasn't it? If you look back into the Old Testament, you see Moses leading the Israelites out of slavery, and the question you know that they asked was, Moses, hey, bro, are we there yet? Like, I, I have to use the restroom. Can we pull over? Like, how long is it going to be? As they enter the wilderness for 40 years. Are we there yet? That question made them actually ask, can we just go back to where we were? And you don't just see it there, you see it through the prophets. Jeremiah said words like, how long will the land lie parched and the fields withered? Habakkuk screamed, how long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Violence, but you do not save. 
And then we enter the Christmas story, right? The consummation of the arrival of the Son, the one who is supposed to take the kingdom and set it into motion and, and have that arrival that just kind of swept away everything. But even Jesus' arrival brought another journey, didn't it? We can't even celebrate Christmas without understanding that there's a path yet to head down. The disciples are really not much different. In Matthew, we see that they're asking, hey, Jesus, I know that you're, you're talking about the end times. When will this happen? What will be a sign of your coming, right? And in Acts chapter 1, verse 6, Jesus says to them that, the kingdom is coming, that I'm setting things in motion. And the disciples answer back, Lord, is it at this time? When will the kingdom of Israel be restored? Are we there yet? Resounding through the scriptures. So it didn't just start with you and I. It's not a new question. My three-year-old discovered it. And you and I kind of operate life out of it often. But as we end 2020, a year that some of us just want to put to death, I want to take you to another end. And in Revelation chapter 21, we come to an end that there was a man named John that Jesus took up into a vision. And when he took him up into that vision, he showed John the end. And in Revelation chapter 21, before I read it, I want to ask you another question. If God, were, if God were to tell you to write something down, would you do it? Would you do it? I don't know about you, but if God spoke from the heavens to me, and said, write this down, Aaron. I would be getting pen, I'd be getting paper, I'd be getting my laptop open, I would get a stone, a chisel, carve it somewhere, mow it in my lawn, I would do anything. Blood, I don't even care. Like, I would be writing it down, right? And I think you would do the same. And I want to take you to a moment where Jesus told John, write this down. Because you and I are in a winning story. And that story has a sure ending. You and I, we can let go of control to embrace a God worth trusting for a new start and a sure ending. And in Revelation chapter 21, I, I just want you to just close your eyes as I read this verse. And I want you to think and imagine with me what John is hearing and seeing. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, 
God's dwelling place is now among the people. He will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making all things new. Then he said, write this down, for this is trustworthy and true. You and I can let go of control to embrace a God worth trusting for a new start and a sure ending. You see, Jesus was seated on the throne. There was no more battle. There was no more fear. The king was seated. He knew the destiny. We're in a winning story this morning. We have a sure ending today because Jesus is on his throne today. And he is making everything new. So I know the word that you put up there alongside of mine, of fear, of uncertainty, of restlessness, of craziness. There's a king on the throne telling you, I am making everything new. Everything new. And it starts with you. So if you're like me, asking the question, <laughs> when will this end? When will normal arrive? Jesus' answer is, I'm making you new. My marriage is on the rocks. I'm making you new. My family hasn't been together in, in months. I am making you New, my finances, I don't even know how we're gonna make things work. I'm making you new. Jesus, I lost the loved one closest to me this year. I am making you new. He's seated on the throne. He's high and lifted up. We're in a winning story, church. We're in a winning story in a sure ending. We can let go of control because we serve a God worth trusting. And we get a new start and a sure ending in Christ in heaven. I am making everything new. Your uncertainties and your fears, Jesus welcomes and responds, I'm making you new. So whatever 2020 had to say to you, Jesus says something louder. I'm making you new. I'm making you new. We can let go of control to embrace a God worth trusting for a new start and a sure ending. We, church, are in a winning story.
And because of that, those of us who have accepted Jesus into our life as Lord and Savior, this is our story. And Jesus' desire is that all those sitting here, all those who wander the earth in uncertainty and fear, hear the message of new life in Christ. And if you want to know that you're a part of the winning story that Jesus is unveiling to the world even now, you and I can have that opportunity as we surrender to Jesus, as we say that, yes, Lord, you on the cross have paid for my sins, and your resurrection is my new life and my certainty and sure ending. For those of us who have accepted Christ, surrendered and laid down daily our lives. We are being made new every single day. And if there be one in here that has not taken that step, that has not allowed Jesus to be the one on the throne for them, I invite you today, the scriptures invite you today, your Savior cries out to you today. Let me make you new. Enter the winning story. Jesus waits. Church, we are in a winning story. And if you today need to make Christ your Lord and Savior, I would invite you to step out of your pew as, as we sing this last song and come forward with me and, and pray with me as you enter the winning story as you receive a sure ending, a new start, and a new day. You see, church, we can end 2020 with clarity and confidence, not with all of our questions answered, but with the question answered. The question of are we there yet is yes, let me take you there. Today, we can end 2020 with clarity and confidence that Jesus is seated on his throne, that he is making all things new. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your gathering, for your church. Father, I know that there are many hearts in here, that there are many lives in here that, Lord, you see and you know and you long to be with. You long to enter into a relationship with them that their ending would be certain and sure in you and that their story would join the winning story that you, God, are writing right in front of them. Father, as we end 2020, I just thank you, Lord, that as the stars hang in the sky, you continue to hold all things together and you invite us into your story that is all about your glory, God. And may today you receive that glory. May today your church rise up, Father, in confidence and clarity that we, God, are in a winning story being written by you. It's in your heavenly Father's name that we pray.
pray. Amen.